With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm. Uh, Want to start off by saying happy opening day to every day, everybody who like observes that. Um, to me personally, uh, opening day means uh, the, the first of 162 bets I will be making against the Rockies this season. And I'm pretty excited about that. Um, today, I took the Rockies to uh, lose by at least five runs. That was the most that I could take, um, plus 200 and something odds, so we'll see if that hits. Actually, real quick, let's make that the DraftKings pick of the week. We're going to start... Oh, wow, this is a terrible way to do this. This show is going to be unorganized. But um, DraftKings pick of the week. Bet against the Rockies every game the rest of the season, and I think you're going to come out ahead. Um, also, since I should probably give you like a more serious pick take Gonzaga to cover against UCLA it sucks uh just gotta bite the bullet except that Gonzaga is the best team in the country they've won all but one of their games by double digits and uh the line's at 14 that's a lot of points but Gonzaga is really good love UCLA going to be rooting for me to lose money on this but just take the money we can get it. Same thing with Baylor, minus five. These two teams were destined to play each other in the championship. It's going to happen. Take them to cover. Maybe even parlay it. Uh, make some money. And then use that money to bet on Gonzaga to win the championship. It really is that simple. There's a DraftKings pick of the week that we're getting out of the way early. Um, oh, for a second there, I didn't have to think about the Rockies. That was cool. Uh, we've got a lot of buff stuff to talk about, though. Uh, Rick George had a call today. Um, it was like a call in place of his state of CU athletics. Um, it, it, that wasn't what was going on. It was more of just like an update heading into the final quarter of this fiscal year. A pretty dark fiscal year um, because of everything that happened. Uh, so we got a bunch of good stuff from Rick George, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, could be a little bit shorter podcast. We'll see. 
but some good stuff on you know the where the budget stands, you know what the Pac-12's performance in the basketball means going basketball tournament means going forward. Um, some other good stuff like that, and then tomorrow we'll be back with. Uh, let's see, who are we talking to? Oh, I'm talking to Carl Durrell tomorrow night and Dimitri Stanley and Isaiah Lewis. Uh, so stay tuned for that. I think the call is at six. The podcast will probably be in your feed around eight tomorrow night. That's Friday night. Um, and then we'll be back on Monday to talk about Monday's practice. So there's your plan for the next couple days. Real quick, let's talk about the Colorado XOs. Um, if you guys have not been following along, a lot of cool stuff happening in the rugby world in Colorado. Glendale, Colorado is actually known as Rugby Town USA. Um, that is why the training facility in Glendale is the Rugby Town National Training Center. Uh, it's where the U.S. teams train for all of their national competitions, international competitions, I guess. And uh, it's also where the Colorado XOs train because they are trying to get their players onto the U.S. national team. It's a really cool concept. They're, like, working in conjunction with uh, U.S. rugby and... They're taking athletes who've never played rugby, teaching them how to play rugby, seeing if they can make them good enough to play on the national team. And so far, the results are pretty good. Colorado Raptors are 2-1 in their first season. So follow along with the DMVR Rugby podcast, DMVR Rugby on Twitter, uh, written content at thedmvr.com. It's good stuff. All right. Um, Rick George. So uh, he did start off by, you know, addressing the the shooting in Boulder. Said, you know, it's a, it's an awful day. I hate that we have to talk about this, but it'd be wrong to talk about anything else because this is, you know, what's most important. Um, he said that there's no place for these acts of violence, and he's been talking with student athletes. Basically, his message has just been like, now is the time to come together. Um, said that his heart goes out to the victims and their families, um, thoughts and prayers, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then uh, he moved along to opening day. He said good luck to the Rockies, and immediately after said, excited that they're going to have fans at the stadium. Uh, it's been 550 days since the Rockies have had fans in their stadium for a baseball game. Uh, he said that he's been watching the news, and he really likes seeing the Avs have fans back, uh, the Nuggets have fans back. Um, it's pretty clear that Rick George wants to have fans in the stadium. Uh, we'll skip ahead in the notes to uh, where he was asked about potentially having fans in the stadium. And he was actually asked a couple of different times in different ways. And basically what he said was, we've got really great home schedules for football and for basketball. Um, and he said, I think that we could fill the stadium and fill the arena often because of these schedules. Um, but, you know, we'll do what the county says. We hope we can learn from the Rockies, learn from what the other professional sports teams are doing. Um, but the desire is to put as many people as we can safely into the stadium and the event center. Um, again, he was asked about it uh, later on in the call. And he said that um oh he was asked about working particularly with boulder county and whether he feels that they've been a little bit more conservative than some of the other counties and what rick said was he's not worried about working with the county you know that's a lot of his job is being in communication with boulder county um he said that it's not just the county it's the county and the state um and that he is hoping that 
the guidelines are consistent across the state. Um, you know, the, the fact that the Rockies have so many fans in their stadium at this point with vaccines uh, being available to the general public starting tomorrow, he said, you know, that gives us great hope that we can fill our stadium. Um, he said that you know, at the same time, they've had to adjust a whole lot very often over the last 13 months. That's going to be true going forward, most likely. Um, he said in the middle of the summer, they're going to talk with the county and see where they're at. Um, again, he, he did seem very optimistic. I think you would have to be optimistic, considering that the vaccine, again, is available to the general public tomorrow, and your first football game isn't for another almost five months, maybe even a little more than five months. I'm not sure what the exact date is. Depends. It's always right on that borderline, August and September, um, but right about five months. You would think if, if if the goal really is to get herd immunity, which is typically, they say, like around 70 to 75%. I haven't thought about that number in forever because we've gotten to the point where I just, I, I can't do it anymore. Um, but but uh, it should, you should have fans. You should have fans. And we'll knock on wood because crazy things have been happening, but I don't know what exactly happened. Like mass just denial to get the vaccine i don't know i don't know um knocking on wood i'm gonna be up all night trying to think of what could possibly keep fans out of that stadium who knows who knows vaccines don't work again knock on wood i don't know um jumping back into some of the other stuff um back in his opening statement he talked about uh how kind of crazy the last 13 months have been um you know, not just with the pandemic, but with the floor, George Floyd and everything that followed. Um, he said it was a year that was filled with a lot. Um, and student athletes had to deal with a lot just to play, too. Uh, constantly changing protocols. But he said, everybody worked really well. I'm really happy with what I saw from the student athletes, from the coaches. And that, that's a good sign. He also said that they administered 14,395 COVID tests. Out of those 14,395, there were 92 positives. That's a 0.64% positive rate for the athletics department. Um, and he added on top of that, you know, for the men's basketball team to play 31 games, that's pretty phenomenal. Um, noted that six sports have already completed their seasons. Uh, he also talked about how hard it can be on the staff, um, not necessarily like the football staff or the basketball staff, but the athletics department staff, when basically everybody's competing at the same time. Um, at one point, there were 16 of the 17 teams that were all competing. And you've got to you know, get those athletes fed. They need to be able to work out. They need the access to the training facilities. Um, they need to share the gyms. They need so many things are needed to keep any one of those programs going. The staff was asked to do a lot in that time frame. Um, we'll shout out to them from Rick George as well. Um, on top of all of that... First of all, the student-athletes had their best GPA ever last fall. And on top of that, it was so good that for the first time ever, the student-athlete pop, student population matched the general student body in terms of GPA. Um, again, for the first time ever, that's really impressive. Uh, it would be kind of crazy if, you know, this semester, for example, they could just surpass the this general student population because because could you imagine like there are a lot of people who think that like college sports are not worth 
anything <laughs> and that they don't make any sense. And you know what? There, there's something to it. You know, the fact that it's like a school and they're putting on sports, you know, there's a reason it doesn't happen in the rest of the world. I'm very happy that it does happen, though, and college sports should be cherished and all that. Um, but could you imagine if the people who are like anti-college sports had to say, well, you know, if you get rid of student athletes, it's going to bring down the, the, the whole school's GPA. I don't know. It just just feel pretty good. It'd be a good good argument for uh, the athletic department to to have on its side. Um, mentioned, you know, not only did the student athletes like compete, finish six seasons. Football team got to a bowl game. The basketball team, in Rick George's words, they had a good run but fell a little short against Florida State. Overall, still a good year. I kind of like that. You know, I, I was expecting when he got to football or to men's basketball for Rick George to praise them and there was some of that for sure but i don't know there was also it fell a little short against florida state you know there, there was more more meat on the bone there um he said uh he's proud women's basketball team a one win away from getting to the tournament still important to get back to the postseason they got to the wnit and they uh won a couple games there um, so a positive sign and again, one win away from the tournament and they've been so close the last couple of years. Maybe next year is the year that they finally put all of the pieces together. Um, Pac-12 basketball in terms of like the whole conference. He said, I've been saying for a couple of years that it's all just about the cycles. You know, one conference is up here um, while the other conference is, you know, they just had... The, you know, a couple one and duns move on. A couple, like, four-year guys who are identities for some mid-level teams, they move on. And all of a sudden, you're in a bit of a rebuilding year across the conference. Well, two years later, guess what? You've rebuilt, and now you're really good. Um, and, you know, that's that's the message Rick George has had talking about basketball and football in the past. And for him to be able to come back and say, I've been saying for a couple of years that it's all just cycles. That's got to feel good for him. Um, he said... Uh, He's really proud of the conference. Uh, he said that they weren't getting the respect that they deserve. Um, and he also noted that they need to do a better job of marketing the conference to the rest of the country. Um, a very, very important point, I think. Um, and he also said that, you know, looking at the top 25 rankings throughout the season, or even at the end of the season, um, the fact that CU was at the front of the conference at number 22, he said was never right. And... Again, he, he seems to feel pretty vindicated by what he saw. Um, talked a little bit about the ski team's accomplishments. Uh, uh, coach retiring uh, key points here. Eduardo Herrera won the Pac-12 cross-country title. Um, oh, going to the budget, he said not much has changed compared to what uh, he's told us in the past. Still looking at an 18 to $20 million deficit. They're planning for different scenarios. And, um, again, brought it up here too. Excited to see a half full stadium at Rockies games gives them cautious optimism. Um, in general, he's excited about what's ahead in the next year for Colorado athletics. He's excited about what that could potentially look like. In my mind, what that could potentially look like is Colorado making it to a bowl game. First of all, uh, who knows? Maybe they can build on the success last year and take another step forward, uh, compete for a, a conference title. Uh, you look to the basketball team, and they're coming off a really great season, definitely losing some pieces, definitely a younger, less experienced team next year. But 
Can they finish top five and make it to the NCAA tournament? Absolutely. Um, you look at the women's basketball program. Uh, one win away from the NCAA tournament, could they get in there? And then all of a sudden, you're in really great shape. And that's before you address you know, the ski program, which even moving forward, they should be competing for national titles. There's a lot that's working um, in the athletics department right now. Um, it's kind of a shame that what they have to show for it is a $20 million deficit. Um, uh, that, that deficit, by the way, uh, Rick George said that the, the big reasons are that they couldn't sell tickets to games and that the payout from the conference was lower than usual because of the pandemic, um, combine those two things. That's why the revenue is reduced by about, about half. Um, he was asked whether, uh, the, the administration, uh, in the athletics department is going to push student athletes to get vaccinated. And he said, you know, it's, it's up to the student to decide whether they want to get vaccinated up to the coaches as well, but we're absolutely encouraging that. But again, certainly an individual decision. We respect that. Um, but we would really like it if everybody was vaccinated and, you know, could you imagine next season if, you have to go on a pause because of a COVID breakout because people didn't get the vaccine on your team. Not many worse feelings in the world than post-pandemic to have to stop playing. Um, and that's just one of the many terrible scenarios that could come from not getting vaccinated. Uh, again, it's everybody's choice. Um, pass on contract incentives. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he was asked about that. You know, have any coaches said that they aren't going to uh, take their uh, incentives? He said we're going to have those conversations, but it is just the coach's choice. Um, if the contract dictates that you get a, a bonus, then your choice if you want to take that bonus or not. You'll remember last year, Tad didn't take uh, his bonuses because of the pandemic. Um, although Rick did say that if he has control, like if it's a situation where he has the option to offer a bonus, that's not happening. Um, if it's in the contract that you get a bonus, then it's up to the coaches. Uh, so that's what's going on there. Um, he was asked about the recruiting visits. So there, there's a dead period right now um, that extends, I believe, to the end of May at this point. And Rick was asked, you know, do you think that you're going to be able to end that dead period at some point over the summer? That It's a national NCAA-imposed dead period. Um, and do you think that you could safely have recruiting visits? And what Rick had to say was, my guess is that we're going to start with a quiet period, which means that coaches can't go out and recruit. You know, if Darren Cheverini says, all right, time to time to hit the road, it'd be, I guess, kind of a weird time considering it's not football season, but maybe there's, there's some spring football games happening down in Texas still because they didn't play in the fall. Well, Darren Cheverini right now can't go out there and uh, go to a bunch of football games, talk to a bunch of players, do that kind of stuff. Um, a quiet period, though, would mean that those players could go to CU and visit with the coaches and do that sort of thing. Um, Rick says he thinks that that's going to be the next step after the dead period. Um, he did say, though, that uh, he does think it's safe, that they can safely have students on campus. Just, I mean, they've had a lot of practice doing things safely. Um, he also said 
that he told Tad that he's free to just stay on the golf course all summer um, and just do what he did last year because it was his best recruiting class ever. And And so he doesn't really necessarily want Tad going out and doing things differently because things went so well. Um, it was a joke, um, but he did make the point that, you know, maybe we should be giving some of these recruiting days back to coaches. And I'm not sure what the number is right now, whether you're allowed to be like out on the road recruiting 25 days out of the year, whatever it is. Um, does kind of make sense though, because you can do a lot of that virtually now in a way that you couldn't five, 10 years ago. Um, Rick George says that he's pushing for, you know, fewer days out on the road, more virtual visits. Could it be because that's what was happening when Tad signed his best class? Absolutely. But also, um, it, it just makes sense. And I think I agree with him. I don't, I, I don't follow recruiting as closely or the, the coach's plans or their feelings about recruiting. Um, you know, we do hear that coaches are upset that they haven't been able to get out there and recruit and see things for themselves. But it does seem like you could probably cut that back. I think it's probably a good point. Um, reduces budgets, all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, uh, let's take a quick break right here. Some more stuff to get into, talking about how to finance that 18 to $20 million deficit, um, talking about the, the commissioner, um, a couple more notes to clean up about that sort of thing before we get out of here. But first, I want to remind you guys that if you want to have more information about this in particular, this call with Rick George, well, you should become a member of the DMVR or of DNVR so that you can get access to the written content at thednvr.com. Um, that's where I'm going to have a story up on something from this call. I'm actually not sure what I'm going to write about yet. Probably fans, probably the schedule. Um, yeah. I, okay, I'm starting to formulate some ideas. But, you know, if that doesn't intrigue you, I think yesterday I wrote about uh, Jarek Broussard now being faster and better and more elusive than he was last year. That, I feel like, would be fun to read. Um, and if not, if you're more of an Alex Fontenot guy, there's something up on uh, his recovery being back to 100%, his feelings going into this season as, you know, almost a a, a, chal- a challenger, which is kind of crazy considering where he was as a starter just a couple years ago. Um, a bunch of stuff on the website, though, is the point. Oh, some schematic stuff, too. Uh, the changes to the offense, changes to the defense. If you guys want to read all that, again, become a member. Head to thedmvr.com, and you get a whole bunch of cool things. Um, for example, you uh, get access to a members-only Discord. You get a big beer for the size of a small beer at the DMVR bar. You get weekly deals from the DMVR locker. Um, and we have a fun new perk. Uh, If you sign up to become an annual DMVR member, not only do you receive a free shirt of your choice from the DMVR locker, but you'll also get a Recover Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness. What's that, you ask? Holistic Wellness is all about the CBD. The stick we will send you packs 10 milligrams of CBD, and this one is focused on recovery. All you do is pop the top of the stick, pour it in any drink, stir it, and consume. They are amazing and so easy to use. There's no mess. So grab the stick, pop the top, stir, check out the reviews at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. Better yet, they're offering our listeners 30% of their first purchase using code DMVR30. Get an annual membership, free DMVR shirt, and a holistic stick with a coupon inside. It's a banger of a deal. We suggest using your DMVR30 code on the sampler pack. You get the uh, recover stick, the sleep stick, the stress stick, the beauty stick, the digest stick. I guess that stress stick is actually an anti-stress stick. Um, I don't know. Don't make assumptions, though. You know what those do. Uh, So, yeah, head to thedmvr.com today, become a member, get a whole bunch of really cool things. 
Also, uh, if you are not doing that but still want CBD, or you are doing that and want more CBD, well, there's a, a great option and a great partner of ours who can offer that. Um, we at DMVR, huge supporters of CBD. A, a lot of my coworkers use it and have great reviews and I trust them and you should too. Um, as a consumer though, you have to find the right product, the one that works best for you. Uh, Green Roads hooked us up with some incredible products. They've been awesome. Um, I think the, the, the best reviews I've heard have been like this, the CBD thing, you take it, uh, or the sleep CBD thing, and it makes you fall asleep. It's, it's pretty cool. I know Ryan and Allie have like talked about how that has, I can't remember if they use the phrase change their lives and I don't want to put words in their mouth, but it may have changed their lives. Um, don't just have to trust them though. Green Roads has over 30,000 five-star reviews. 30,000, and you can use the code DMVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Um, a whole bunch of cool things uh, about Green Roads. You know, they're, they're the number one privately held CBD company in the U.S. by market share. They've won a whole bunch of awards for their products. They're founded by pharmacists. They're, all their products are formulated by pharmacists. Uh, they have QR codes on the packaging of all of their products. And if you scan that QR code, it'll take you to independent lab test results for that product. You know, not not the test that Green Roads does, just outsiders who they ask to like go check it out. And obviously, like they wouldn't do that if the results weren't very, very good. Um, they have a whole bunch of options. They've got oils, topicals, edibles, beverages. Um, there's just so many things they can do. Like I said, you can help you sleep. Um, it can... Uh, it can help you like recover from inflammation from working out. Um, it can help with just having a normal emotional balance. So many different things. Something that it can do for you. Green Roads is a great option um, for that. Also, um, I gave you my DraftKings pick of the week earlier in this show. But... There's more that you can bet on with DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you are a first-time user of DraftKings Sportsbook, then you can bet $1 on any NCAA tournament game. And if the team you pick wins, you win $100. It's that simple. Like I said, as much as I would love to see UCLA make it to the championship, Gonzaga's a lock. That's 100 to 1 odds. That's just a lock. You have to take advantage of that if you haven't yet. Again, you get to pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt. Um, you just need to win their next game. Uh, there's just really no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. And if college basketball isn't for you, then DraftKings Sportsbook offers daily odds boosts on so many different things like pro basketball, hockey, golf, baseball is back. There's so much money to be made on whoever is playing the Rockies. I cannot stress that enough. Uh, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win. That's code DMVR to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, where do we leave off here? 
So, um, he was talking a little bit about the case in front of the Supreme Court right now that's basically going to determine a lot of different things about the rights of student-athletes, um, including whether they're going to be able to profit off their name, image, and likeness, NIL, the, the, the phrase that we've been using for a couple of years now. So, Rick George is actually on the NCAA's committee that is putting together the rule that will be put in place about name, image, and likeness. You know, and it could say, it's totally unrestricted. If you're a student athlete, you can sign a deal with whoever and take as much money as you want for whatever they want you to do. If, if a car company wants to give you a hundred bucks to go stand in front of their store and sign autographs, you can take that. If Nike comes calling and wants to give you a million dollar a year deal, you can take that too and do whatever, you know, um, at the same time, they could say there's a cap on earnings. There's, there's a cap on, um, how many of these deals you can sign. There's a cap on what type of deal you can sign. There, there's so many different things in play. And the first step of course, is for the, the government to decide what the rule is. Um, California threw up a state law, that's not actually like what's at issue right now in front of the Supreme Court. What's at issue is it's NCAA v. Alston, which is an antitrust lawsuit that was filed by Sean Alston, the running back from West Virginia back in the day. Um, it's going on for a while. Um, it's also uh, the, a center named Justine Hartman from uh, Cal. She's a basketball player. Um, <laughs> the way it works, though, is that they say that they should be able to get access or they should have been able to get access to more than the NCAA currently allows schools to provide. You know, things like uh, scholarships for graduate degrees, um, paid internships after they graduate, um, computers, musical instruments if they're in classes, um, and other types of equipment like that. Because currently, other scholarships for other students do offer money for that sort of thing, but the NCAA doesn't allow it. Um, it's one of the many dominoes. Like right now, there's Congress debating what's going on with the California law, whether it should be like implemented across the country, whether they need to try to find a way to get rid of it so they can find a consistent law across the country. It's kind of a mess right now, but what's going to happen is I think Rick said he expects a decision in the Supreme Court case in i think he said may or june is his expectation and then with the other stuff that will also i think probably follow a fairly similar timeline and at that point that's when rick george and the rest of the name image likeness committee can figure out what exactly they want to get done um what he did say is that you know we're still working on a proposal we're, we're, we'll figure that out, but it is hard to have 50 different rules in 50 different states, and that causes issues, and recruiting is probably the biggest one, um, but that is kind of the where, where we're at right now. You know, California, I can't remember what exactly is in that law. It's been so long. Um, I believe the point is that, like, schools are not allowed to stop student-athletes from profiting off their name, image, and likeness. And that applies to student athletes as well. Um, and I think it just basically opens that up. And I'm not even sure when it goes into effect, if I'm being honest, but a lot going on. 
we're going to be following this stuff closely, but not until spring football season is over. So this will be a, a big topic in, you know, as Rick George said, decision coming May, June in May and June. And as we get into the fall, because they could, there, there could be NIL opportunities for student athletes starting this fall, which is uh, honestly pretty cool. Um, moving along from that massive topic, though, let's get into. Oh, where's the money going to come from? Uh, again, they're gonna they're gonna finish somewhere between eighteen million dollars and twenty million dollars short. They're entering the final quarter of their fiscal year. They don't know exactly what that number is going to be. Once they figure out what that number is, the plan is still to go to the uh, Pac-12 loan fund, the Pac-12 secured loans um, to cover last season. That was big news like six months ago, probably. Maybe maybe a little less than that. Um, maybe more, honestly. That might have been way back when we first heard that football was coming back, or before that when they secured testing and people were wondering if football was coming back. That was like uh, September, like September 21st or something. Um, so, yeah. That is still the plan is just to borrow that amount from that fund. And then they'll just take the money that they've already taken out of future payouts from the Pac-12. So, for example, every year you get um, basically a check from the Pac-12 if you're a Pac-12 institution. Um, there's a bunch of things that go into that. You know, the the money from the partners that is left over after paying expenses. You know, the money from the TV deal um, for, I think basically for every, oh, this number might be wrong. I want to say, so let's see, the, the Pac-12's earned about $3 million per team in this tournament, uh, the NCAA tournament. And basically for every win that a conference gets, they get one more unit and those units are figured out what the amount is. And at this point, the Pac-12 has so many units that each each team in the Pac-12, not just the teams in the tournament, are going to get about $3 million paid out over the next six years or so. And so, like, all of the Pac-12 performances over the previous six, you know, that fits into the payment. And so those will just be either reduced or just Colorado won't get one until they're back to even, but that's how that's going to work. Um... You, oh, Rick was asked again about the uh, tournament, what the Pac-12 tournament or the NCAA tournament means for the Pac-12. And he says we made a statement. Um, you know, we had five teams in the tournament versus some conferences with nine. It was one conference with nine, I believe. And that conference was Big Ten. Uh, I think that if there's anybody who is involved with the Pac-12 in any way who isn't thrilled about not just the Pac-12 results, but the Pac-12 results to the Big Ten, you know, that would surprise me. But uh, went into the Sweet 16 with four teams, which is really impressive. He said, you know, it's disappointing that USC and Oregon had to play each other. It's the way the ball bounces sometimes. Uh, it's definitely positive for the conference. Um, he got why the football teams didn't receive all that much respect. You know, it was a shortened season. They started late. But he never really understood why the national media wasn't a fan of the Pac-12 basketball teams. Um, he said that now there's a big opportunity this fall for the football teams in the Pac-12 to do big things similar to what the 
Pac-12 basketball teams did in the NCAA tournament. They said that there's big games on the schedule. There's big games against teams from the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, all over the place. And that just provides a lot of opportunities. And hopefully they take advantage. And there's, there's big games on the schedule, but one of the biggest is going to be played in Denver when Colorado gets to, I guess, not technically host Texas A&M, but basically host Texas A&M, which is currently ranked in the top five. So opportunities are available on the football side as well. Um, Talking about the opening Pac-12 commissioner job, I believe, let's see, so we know that Larry Scott's, I, th- I believe his technical like last day is going to be May 31st or something. And the goal was to get somebody picked out at the or by the end of April so that in Larry Scott's last month, he could work with the new commissioner to just make sure that the transition is as seamless as possible. Um, we are now into April. How did I not start this show off with an April Fool's joke? Wow. What a waste. I'm tempted to just turn this whole thing off right now. Um, well, damn. Where was I? Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's April, um, which means a decision could be coming soonish. You know, there's some rumored candidates, uh, the AD from Ohio State, guys like that. Um, what Rick George had to say today, though, is that he thinks it's a great job. Um, the Pac-12 commissioner job because there's just this tremendous upside, um, the ability to to build, rebuild really the, the reputation of the Pac-12. Um, it's not a situation where, you know, take the SEC for example. You take the SEC commissioner job, sure it might be kind of like hopefully easy to, to keep things going well, but if you don't, it could get ugly and your reputation would no longer be good and you'd be out pretty quickly pac 12 upside is there Uh, he also said there's the opportunity to do something with the pac 12 networks i'm curious to see i'm i'm curious about a couple of things um first of all what exactly will be done with the pac 12 networks second of all i'm curious what the feelings around the conference are and rick george in particular um in hindsight, I wish I would have asked him what he would do with the Pac-12 networks. Because <laughs> um, I think that there's like a 10% chance that he would have said, oh, I'd just throw him in the dumpster. Um, but there's a much larger, a 90% chance is maybe even too small that he would have said, you know, that there, there's still something of value there. They're salvageable. I think that um, you know, ESPN, ABC, Fox, somebody would probably be interested in picking them up, something like that. Um, I don't know. What happens to the Pac-12 networks? I have no idea. Um, what I do know is that now is the time not to dig into that. Um, from there, though, Rick George said, it's a tremendous opportunity for someone. And, you know, Broncos fans in here, this may uh, bring you back to a John Elway media availability after, I think it was at... Um, it was either at the pro day or after the pro day for Kyler Murray, um, the the quarterback at the time from Oklahoma who's gone on to do really cool things as the number one overall pick of the Cardinals. Um, but he was short, um, which is not, at least according to the memes, John Elway's type. Uh, he was a mobile quarterback, um, all that kind of stuff. And what 
John Elway said was he's going to be a really good football player for someone. And, and that right there was enough to say, okay, he's not going to be a Bronco. Um, and the fact that Rick George said it's going to be a tremendous opportunity for someone, you know, I think that that may say something similar and that maybe Rick George isn't interested. Not that there had been like any rumors going around. I think initially that was the first thought of a lot of people. I mean, bus fans, obviously, because you don't want to lose him, but, um, Around the conference, he has that reputation as well. Um, so I thought that that for someone was probably a, a sign of something. Um, from there, though, he had more to say. He said uh, he hopes we get somebody with campus experience. Uh, he doesn't necessarily need TV experience. I agree with that. I know that there is a belief around the conference that somebody from the TV side of things would make a lot of sense considering what is the first thing on the table, the TV media rights. And real quick, that was where uh, Rick George went after saying what I just said he said. Uh, he said, we need somebody who can hit the ground running on the TV deal. We don't need to wait until 2023, 2024 when it expires. We need to get in the market early. Love that. From there, he said, he wants somebody who understands what the com- campuses are dealing with, somebody with a good Rolodex and with media partners um, for the conference. And uh, there's more that we can do in terms of partners for the conference. So... There is a bunch of that. I do think that um, because the TV deal is really the, the first and maybe not not only priority, but for the first first year and up to three years, if that's how long it takes to get the deal done, it could potentially take that long because you are under contract that long. It should be pretty close to the only priority. Um I think that that is why it's so easy to say we want somebody with TV experience because they come from that background. They know those people. And it's like, ah, eh, yeah, what Rick said is we need a good negotiator. <laughs> we, we need to get a good deal here. And I do think that taking somebody from the TV side, first of all, it, it could be pretty short-sighted considering there are other things that the commissioner is going to have to do right away. But more importantly, once that gets taken care of, ideally you have somebody who you can lock in for the future and not just for the next few years when you're getting this deal done. Um, But on top of that, just because somebody has TV experience doesn't mean that they're going to be able to get you the best TV deal. I I think that there's a chance. There is a chance. But I I don't know. I'm with Rick. It doesn't necessarily need to be TV experience. You want somebody who understands the campus and somebody who can negotiate a good TV deal, which, you know, there might be people with TV experience who are good at that. Um, Ta- Brian Howell asked uh, about the new football nutritionist, specifically asking, like, is this a new role? <laughs> and uh, Rick said, it is not a new role. Um, there was somebody who was doing that before. Um, and what he said was, He's hoping that he can, or that the teams can get back to eating in person sometime soon, um, because it's easier to teach the student athletes about what to put in their bodies and why. Um, the the new football nutritionist, she's been working the line, and she's like talking with them as they're picking up the food, that kind of stuff. But eventually, they'll get more time together, according to Rick, and that's going to be good for the football team. One more point, and. 
It's about PointsBet. You'll remember there was a partnership between CU and PointsBet that was signed over the summer. Um, it hasn't been a year yet. I guess it's been like eight or nine months. I think uh, it was Justin Guerrero who asked this question uh, of rivals, and I think he did know it. I think he said it was like eight months, and I believe him since he's asking the question. Um, he said, like, has that like paid off? Have you been able to, to get student-athletes into jobs with PointsBet? And what Rick said was, you know, Year one of five is almost done. It's going to be really good for us. Um, it's it's a unique thing that they're focused on career leadership and, and trying to help us find opportunities for our student athletes. But with everything going on, we haven't had a chance to really talk to them since we signed the deal. Um, if you're looking for like things that Rick George said that didn't sound good, honestly, that's probably the only one. And honestly, like... You didn't have a chance to figure out how to set up internships with points bet for your student athletes during the pandemic. I mean, first of all, a lot of internships are over the summer, so probably good there. That that makes it feel a little bit better. Second of all, are there even internships happening? I guess I should know. We've had Ben. Um, I would guess that there aren't as many. So there you go. Uh, good stuff from Rick. Um, definitely not all good news, but... It's a pandemic, and they lost $20 million. That was to be expected. Um, overall, though, considering the circumstances, not a bad year. Hopefully, we'll get fans in the stands. I've kind of just been assuming, which you shouldn't do, and I've been knocking on wood enough, I promise. I know people are superstitious. Um, but I... It's just so long between now and then to find a way to get 70% of the population vaccinated or 80% or whatever is needed. I know I'm excited. I'm not sure, honestly, like we did the post games last year and it was a lot of fun. Am I going to games next year? Who knows? That's TBT on my end. Hopefully all of us will get to uh, be at Folsom this fall. It'd be a lot of fun. Until then, we get to watch the Rockies lose, I guess. Ugh. Um, I'll be back tomorrow, though, with another podcast. Like I said, that's going to be up. Look for it around 8 p.m. If you, like me, are do not have much going on Friday nights at this point. Um, if not, you have all weekend to listen, and then there will be another on Monday when we get another podcast. I'm excited. Spring football is not the best time of the year, but really, really close to it, and especially these first couple of weeks when you're getting updates right and left. Ah. <sighs> There's, there needs to be year-round football. That just needs to happen at this point. Um, all right, I'm out of here. Got to go watch the Rockies lose. I'll see you guys tomorrow. I think they like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh -huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hey, hey. you on your own now. Why you watching?
watching the official. Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with till you can get it anytime. Yeah. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the line. Yeah. I call a swag in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Throwing blows, knocking down team after I team. They like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in it, play.